drinking dance all night. Now it's talk with diapers and pacifiers and our pants are feeling tight. Welcome to the last episode of the year of bottle service. I can't believe it. What a year, guys. What a year it's been. Wow. Um, We have covered so much in the last year. I'm so proud of this show, to be honest. Um, This is my favorite thing that I do. Like, of all the things that I do, this is my favorite, um, my favorite little project. I love just this little community we've built, and um, I've learned so much in the course of this year through this podcast. I've gotten to talk to so many experts. I've got to explore so many topics. I've got to connect with so many of you on different things. Like, this goes both ways. Like, I've learned a ton, but I've also learned a ton from you guys, like writing me DMs, messaging me, going back and forth with you. And um, I just, I love the show so much, and I'm so happy that we've gotten to go through this crazy crazy ride together. So for this last episode of the year, I thought it would be fun. I kind of opened up the floodgates. I put question stickers up on social media and was just like, you guys like ask me anything, ask me any questions you want, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, let's hear it. And I figured it would be fun to kind of go through those. I got a ton of questions. And this is great because a lot of the questions I got were like little things that we covered throughout the year. But a lot of this is new. And, you know, obviously, like I'm going to go through these. I'm I want to just like reiterate this at the top of the episode. I'm no expert on anything, but like I did just go through this like You know, I did just kind of go through my first year and a half of motherhood um, and I've learned a ton. So like all the stuff I'm going to talk about today is just like coming from me. It's my perspective, my experience. But hopefully, hopefully you guys can get something out of this episode. You know, I'm just just here, just here to help. (laughs) you know Um, okay so I I did get a ton of questions so I kind of want to just like hit the ground running on these some of these are going to be a little bit easier to answer than others but here we go okay first question if you could do it all again what three things would you put on a must-have for your baby registry okay um for me off the bat, I know this this first one, this was like my number one thing and this isn't going to be for everybody, but especially for my girlies who like didn't um, breastfeed, you know, for whatever reason, the baby Brezza was like my number one pick. Holy shit, I don't know what I would have done without this thing the entire first year of Bodhi's life. The baby Brezza, for anybody who doesn't know, it's kind of like a Keurig for formula. Like you put your formula in and it like heats it to the perfect temperature and and that, that just like saved me so much time. I loved this thing. Baby Brezza, number one. Number two, um, the Fisher-Price baby swing. I'm going to also, I've been saying I'm going to do this all year long. I promise you I'm going to like make a list of my favorite like new baby things and put it up by the end of this year. But the Fisher-Price baby swing was awesome. I loved this for like the first six months of his life. I swear we had this thing set up in our living room and I just plopped him in this thing and it would swing back and forth and he loved it. There's like a million things that you can plop your baby into. There's like a lot of like really nice ones, really high-end ones, but this like I don't even remember how much it was. I want to say like 50 bucks. Like this, this like very straightforward baby swing was just like the best. Um, so love that. And then the third, 
I'd say either the Duna or the Slumber Pod, um, especially for like if for anybody who plans on like traveling with their baby, like those two things are just like so clutch. And the Duna, I the Duna I did have on my um my registry. It's like a more expensive gift, but I had like a bunch of my girlfriends go in on it, and it was the best. I just like I think it's so much more valuable than getting like a ton of little things from friends. Like if you have a group of friends that want to go in on a Duna, that was key and I love that um so I hope that helps okay anything you bought registered for that you regret or don't use okay um this also this might be a little controversial but I'd say the diaper bag like I registered for this really nice diaper bag I used it one time like honest to god I just I just what I really ended up doing um probably a a year ago um was just buying myself like a nice tote because that's that's kind of what I was just doing is I was just throwing like a little diaper like a mini case that I would keep like two diapers in and like a pack of to-go wipes and um you know a passy trucks because <laughs> I have a little boy um just I would throw those things in my tote and carry that around so I just I invested in like a nicer tote instead of a diaper bag like I know some people love their diaper bags I just I just didn't use it um so that's that's one thing I I would say I didn't use. Also, the wipe warmer. The wipe warmer, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but um I feel like it just dried out all my wipes. Like I'd put a pack of wipes in there and it would dry them out. I didn't love the the wipe warmer. I'd say like after a month or two, I just kind of like put it in the closet and stopped using it. So that's another one. Um and then I don't know if I would put this on the list of like regret or don't use because I definitely used this, but I didn't use it as long as I thought I would is the snoo. Um, again, this might be a controversial one, but I I don't I'm glad that I didn't buy a snoo if I were to go. I, I got one from a friend, but um, if I were to have to do it all over again, like I would maybe rent it. Like I, that's what my advice is to anybody who's like considering getting the snoo. Like you can rent those, and I would just rent it because depending on your baby, like we ended up only using it for like two months. Um, I've had friends that like really loved the snoo and kept their baby in there for like six months. Like then it makes sense, but uh, we really didn't use it that long. And, um, moms on call who I've had on the podcast who are like the sleep experts who that's who I ended up like following pretty closely on how to get my baby to sleep recommended against the snoo. So that's kind of why we stopped using it after like eight weeks. But, um, yeah, if I didn't already have it, I mean, I'm I probably like, I might want to use it if we have another baby for like the early, early days. Cause I do think it's helpful that like soothes them back to sleep. But, um, all in all, I don't think it's like worth the hefty price tag. Uh, what formula did you use? I used Bobby formula, which ended up being great because like literally the week after Bodie was born is when that whole formula shortage happened. And luckily Bobby was like a, a subscription service. So like they sent it to my house and because we were already like members, there was no interruption in service. So that was really, really nice. Um, so I love them and it, it worked great. Bodhi was, um, it was a healthy little guy his first year. So it was good. Next question. What to do when friends or family offer their old pre-owned baby stuff, but you don't want them? This is a great question. Um, I'd say, okay, so 
twofold like I've had friends like I had one friend who dropped off like garbage bags of stuff and some of it was so useful and I was so appreciative of it and then some of it I didn't end up using which is fine like I kind of just set it aside to like give away so I'd say like if people are giving you stuff like it doesn't hurt um to take it and then like give away whatever you don't use I know that can kind of be an annoying extra step for somebody who has a new baby who like doesn't want to have to go like drop off stuff but like it really it wasn't a heavy lift like I just literally threw those bags in my trunk they probably sat there for like three months but I eventually dropped them off and it was fine um if you don't want to take it I always like another option is to just like blame it on your space be like oh my gosh like thank you I just we just don't have space in the nursery like there's we have so much stuff already like this is crazy but thank you like just blame it on space and move on with your life those would be my two suggestions for that next question Favorite age or stage so far? So I literally say this every month. I say this. I'm like, I'm like, this is my favorite age. No, this is my favorite age. Like literally every stage that Bodhi's been in has been my favorite. Um, and but I I truly mean this now. Like right now is my favorite. <laughs> He's like around that 18 month mark. He's actually 19 months, but like this stage is so amazing because he he can communicate a little bit better like he has some words he knows how to point to things he wants like we can just communicate a little bit better but he's also gotten like so snuggly like we can actually now sit on the couch together and like he loves books so we read books together or like it's the holidays um I I now put on the Grinch he's like obsessed with the Grinch and like he'll sit there with me and snuggle up and like watch a movie and I'm like this is all I've wanted my entire life. (laughs) So I have to say like this age is my favorite, but like I might in a month from now be like, no, 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 this is my favorite. No, this is my favorite. That's been my experience the whole time, which I've, I've heard that from other moms too, which I think is like so great because in every stage, because I think it's my favorite. I'm always, I'm also like really sad to let it go. I'm all, I'm all, I'm also like, oh, I don't want the stage to go by. It's going to like, I, I get sad about it. Like while I'm just in it. And, um, I love knowing that each stage has its like own amazing things about it. So that's helped me at least getting through the first year or year or so without like, you know, losing my mind. <laughs> um, every stage is great. Every stage is amazing. And I mean, each stage also has its challenges. Don't get me wrong, but they, there are so many, positives to look to you know we like to keep this positive sometimes um when did you start to feel like yourself again postpartum (laughs) great question um so I want to say honest okay like if I'm lucky enough to have a second baby I will look uh, like the timeline I will tell myself is one year like that I think is like the most accurate description I would say is like one after one year from having the baby and that the baby's first birthday is like when I actually like kind of felt like myself. Um, but I will say within that year, like there's definitely like stages to this, you know, like I remember four months out, like I went on my first baby free trip and I was like, Oh my God, I feel like myself. 
you know, for, uh, for a hot minute, I feel like myself. So that was like a good turning point. And then again, at like nine months was another big one where I, I was like, I felt like a shift of being like, oh, okay. Like I feel better in my body and like things are happening. Like I can have conversations with people. So again, at nine months was like another turning point. And again, at, at, you know, what's funny is like at that nine month mark, I remember being like, oh, I was so not there at four months. And then at the year mark, I was like, oh, I was so not there at nine months. So <laughs> and, it, and actually even now, like I'm at a year and a half and I'm like, you know what? Now is actually the time where I'm starting to feel like myself or at least like or at least my body looks kind of the most like it did pre baby. Um, so I don't know. But I would say I'd say like for my own mental um stability in the next one like I'm gonna give myself that full year after baby to be like that's like I think that's like the right expectation to have because I I know I remember coming in thinking like oh at three months I'm gonna feel like myself again and like that couldn't have been farther from the truth so a year I'd say a year is is the move okay tips for making diaper changes less of a fight I love these. See, I love like we're going to get granular on some of these questions and I love it. Um, yeah, Bodhi. Also, like this kind of happens in stages. I feel like Bodhi has gone through a couple of stages where he's like a bucking Bronco for diaper changes and then he chills out and then it happens again. My whole thing is I just do distraction. Like distraction is key. So like I keep a couple toys at the diaper changing station and like I'll give him different ones to look at things with colors right now because he's kind of like learning colors so I'll hand him a toy that has like three colors on it and I'll be like what color is this what color is this and like and he you know I see his little like brain working um so that distracts him while I'm like trying to ninja in there and get that diaper change happening quick um also like songs help you know if you're in a pinch if you're doing like a diaper change on the go I have found and it can be like I know it's embarrassing but it really like it works and a pinch is I'll sing him songs and he calms down he calms down immediately and like it just works I I also use that on road trips (laughs) like I do not have a good singing voice by any means but like the kid loves when I sing him songs what can I say I'm a star (laughs) Um, so songs, distraction, pointing to different things, being like, you know, and this is, this is also like, he's a little bit older now, so it's a little bit easier, but like, I'll point to certain things in the room and be like, where's the star? Where is your puppy? You know, like things like that help. Um, can you talk about exercise postpartum four months out and still struggling? Okay. Um, yes, I can talk about exercise postpartum. This was a mind fuck to be honest and um it, it's different for everybody I I had a c-section so it was like a little a, a little bit different for me like I had a much longer recovery period um I had to do physical therapy before I could even start working out and I will say like I was so frustrated like I have shed many tears leaving physical therapy and leaving exercise classes like I I've even like kind of choked up on the mat before when like I can't do things that I know I used to be able to do like I remember like trying to hold a plank trying to do certain moves that I'm like oh my god I used to be able to do this like so easily and and having no strength nothing you know like really starting at the bottom and just being like so discouraged so that is normal and and the person who wrote this 
question says four months out and still struggling. Four months is still really early. <laughs> like that's another thing that you don't realize. And I know we all have like, I think wrong expectations because like doctors tell us at six weeks, we're good to go with everything. But four months is still really, really early. Like if I could go back to myself in those workout classes who was like literally getting so frustrated and sad not being able to do things like that's what I would say. I'd be like, you're still in the freaking early days, dude, like chill. And our bodies are amazing. Like you do get stronger slowly. It's just it, it's it's a patience thing, you know, but I will say it took like months months and months and months to be able to like have some strength back. But I, I, I will also say is like once you do start to get some strength back then start to see how you can do things that you couldn't do, like maybe a month or two before, like you also like, at least for me, um, I also had like a tremendous amount of pride. Like the first time I held a plank for 10 seconds, I was like, holy shit, I've come a long way. <laughs> like I worked my ass off to be able to hold this plank for 10 seconds. And you're just, you realize you're kind of on the road to recovery. Um, these things just take time. And, you know, now I can hold a plank for like 40 seconds, <laughs> which is great. You know, um, it, it just, I think the next time around, God willing, like I will have like, a, at least I hope will have like so much more patience for myself and my body in the recovery phase. So that's what I would say to you is just like have patience, keep working out because that is how you get stronger. And it's like so good for your mental health during postpartum um but you will get there just keep at it and go slowly do what's right for your body and you'll get there eventually <laughs> next question what would you tell yourself if you could go back in time before becoming a mom <sighs> okay this is good this is a good one um i want to say the thing i would tell myself honestly is like I kind of like was so scared slash kind of dreading becoming a mom for so long because I thought it was like the end of my life. Like I kind of looked at it as like, you know, this is the end of my life as I know it. I'm not going to be able to do have fun. I'm not going to be able to do anything. I would tell myself like, no, like you should look forward to this. Like this is like the best. <laughs> like this is, this is, this is going to be like one of the happiest things to happen in your life like it's good like this is this is good <laughs> I feel like that's what I, I feel like that's probably what I would tell myself because I I held off on being a mom for a long time I waited I waited probably a little too long being honest you know if I could go back I'd probably I probably would have wanted to get pregnant maybe like two years earlier and that's just me that's just me personally just that's that's based off of like so many factors of my own personal life of like feeling like pregnancy was like a lot of a harder load on my body and like recovery was a lot of a heart of a harder load on my body than maybe if I was a little bit younger like I could have recovered a little bit faster and better and I don't know if that's true or not but um going back to the whole of like I I, I was so scared to become a mom and I would say like no this is good like you, you look forward to this this is like an amazing part of life and um yeah, if I had started early too, I could probably have popped out a couple more, <laughs> to be honest. So yeah, I guess that's what I would tell myself. Like, don't be scared. Don't be scared of it. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard, all the things that we already know. Um, but the good parts, like people, especially like in social media times, like it's so easy to like make fun of 
the hard parts of motherhood. Like I do it, you know, like you guys follow big kid problems. Like it's just, it's low hanging fruit. Like, yeah, it's really easy to talk about like how tired you are and, you know, like looking like shit half the time dressing like Adam Sandler. And like, that's all very easy to joke about. And I think what happens is so many of us see these messages over and over and over again. And, and motherhood looks pretty bad. (laughs) And yeah, that's kind of what I would say to myself is it's, it's good. Like there are so many amazing good things about motherhood that like you don't see that talked about and, um, not to be scared of it. Okay. Next question. What the hell do you do with your baby all day? Do you ever get bored? Short answer. Yes, of course. Especially in that first year, especially in the first six months, the first six months is kind of brutal because they're just like this little blob on the floor. There's like not much you can do, but yet there's like no downtime. It's such like a weird, it's such a weird thing. Like you're still like constantly going and taking care of them, but then you're like, I didn't actually do anything today, but I did, but I didn't. So weird. So yeah, that first six months was hard. And I feel like I rarely left the house in the first six months. Like I was just kind of home with the baby, like me and the, me and Bodhi just like looking at each other. I'd show him some toys, showed him some flashcards, like things like that. But we're not, we weren't doing much now. I mean, now I, I've just, I, what I do is I kind of like plan activities for us. Like I, I know each day like what I'm going to take him to do. And a lot of it is just like it's an outing each day. Um, so I take him either to I, – I, there's a lot of free activities that we do. Like I'll take him to the park. I'll take him to the library. I'll take him to – there's like this cute like cafe restaurant by us that has like an outdoor area where I can drink a coffee and he can like play in the grass. I'll bring a couple trucks with us. Um there's just, and, and now I belong to certain things. Like I've joined like our zoo. I've joined, like we have an adventure science center that has like, you know, you just buy an annual membership and you can go. So like, I'll just take them for an hour to like one of those things. Getting out. I would say like getting out of your house and like planning little outings is, um, I know it's daunting, especially in the early days. It's, it's so hard, but the more you do it, like the better you get at it. And it just, it gets easier. That's like the main thing I would say to somebody is just like, it gets easier, but you have to do it for it to get easier. So, um, outings I'd say is the answer. And even, um, in the early days, like even just going on walks, like that was like our big activity of the day is, is walks. Um, and you know, you can do one long one, you can do two shorter ones. Um, but it's so good to just get out of the house and do that. And now like in the house, we have things like I have like different art sets like that I'll set up for him or books. The kid loves books. I have like, I, I ended up like ordering two little like play gyms. We have one outside and one inside that he can play on just little things to keep him occupied throughout the day are good. But yeah, of course I get bored, <laughs> you know, like, especially like you do a lot of the same shit over and over again. It, it can be boring, but getting out of the house, I think, is is the answer to that. Guys, we are getting into the holiday season, and that means lots of celebrating and cheersing with maybe some more wine and cocktails than normal. And if you want to celebrate freely without worrying about paying for it the next day, you need to get yourself some morning recovery from more labs. 
These little bottles are a lifesaver. They help speed up the breakdown of alcohol-induced toxins. All you have to do is drink one little bottle of morning recovery the night you're drinking and let their proprietary blend of electrolytes and vitamins rehydrate and restore lost nutrients so you can wake up ready to take on whatever motherhood has in store for you. If you've been listening to this show or follow me on Instagram, you know I'm obsessed with these. My tolerance is low as hell, and even one glass of wine these days makes me feel like crap, which I just can't afford to do with a toddler. So now is the time to stock up on these. You can save 20% off and support this show at the same time when you use code BIGKID at checkout. 20% off, guys. That's a nice little savings. Don't let rough mornings after drinking dampen the next day. Drink smarter with morning recovery at morelabs.com slash bigkid. And again, use code bigkid for 20% off your order. Cheers. Um, next question. Who watches baby when you bring him with you when you travel? Okay, um, I I did a whole episode on like traveling with your little. I think we did two episodes on traveling with your little one. But like short answers here. When I went, when we went away internationally, and we had like a wedding that we were going to, we brought our my mother in law with us. So his grandma, who not all mother in laws are created equal. Like if we had brought my mom, like that would have been a disaster because she's like not into soup, like watching the baby as much. But like. Brandon's mom is amazing. She loves watching him. She watches him like twice a week for us. So was very she's very comfortable with him um, and can ba- could babysit him when like we went to our, the wedding and stuff like that. So when we travel, that one time we brought our mother-in-law, most of the times we just bring him with us and like, you know, it just, it changes our travel plans. So like sometimes we'll go, we'll go to earlier dinners, you know, before the place is packed. We try and go to places that have an outdoor area because like eating indoors with a small child is to me personally, like my personal nightmare, but yeah, we'll bring him with us. And I will say too, like when you're traveling, like just rules go out the window, like we'll use screen time. We'll use all kinds of things to just keep him distracted so that we can still have a good time when we're traveling. We also use our Nanit. Oh my God, the Nanit. I should have mentioned this. I should have mentioned this on three things that you register for. The Nana is key. It's it's a camera uh, baby monitor, but you can travel with it. So when we travel, like sometimes we've, we've been in a situation where we'll set up our Nana in our room and then at least we can go to like the hotel restaurant at night. Like we'll put him down at night and we can at least hang out in the hotel or like during his nap times, I can lay out at the pool and I have my Nana camera there. I can like watch him and make sure he's okay. So that's really helpful. And the last tip I'll say for this, because a friend, I haven't done it yet, but a friend of mine just did this. Like she was traveling to Nashville and she hit me up. She's like, you know, she was here for her husband's work and she's like, I know you live here. Do you have any babysitters that I can reach out to? So if you're going to like a city where you know people, just asking for babysitting recs, I think is, is key. That's like, I think a really good tip. Okay. Next question. Most challenging moment as a mom and what did you tell yourself to get through it? Huh. Um, haven't we all had these situations where like you just kind of break down? <laughs> like you're watching your baby and you're so tired and like shit's going wrong left and right and they're so fussy and you just kind of like at least this has happened to me where I like physically and mentally and emotionally like break down at one time and to get yourself through it 
this is when I ask for help. Like this is when I call up my husband and say, you need to get home and take your child because like I'm tapped the fuck out. So I'd say like, what do you tell yourself to get through? Well, tell yourself also that this is just a moment. And, and if you are having one of those moments where you're like truly breaking down and like, I know it's also guilt becomes a part of that reaction. Like I know after that's happened to me a few times, I feel so guilty where I'm like, Oh my God, I really lost my cool in front of my baby. And like, I feel so bad. Like what I tell myself in that moment is like, one, he's not going to remember Two, It's okay. Like we all lose our shit and then we just come back and like do like do better, you know, in the next moment, you know, like when you've calmed down a little bit, when you can relax, um, and you just show up, you show up again, like it the way that you want to. Um, so I, I tell myself that it's okay when you have these situations, I try and ask for help. Like the, the right thing to do is to ask for help before you get there. Because at least for me, like I at least know when like shit's, She's like spiraling downwards quickly. But yeah, I tell myself it's okay. And that like in the next moment I can show up better and he's going to be fine. Like that's what's amazing with these little babies. Like they move on. They can have these like really big emotional outbursts. And then in the next moment, like they've moved on and, and you just need to, too, and not feel guilty about it. Um, How to prioritize me time slash time away without the guilt. This is such a hard one. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, how to prioritize me time. So for me, especially in the early days, like I had to schedule it in and like put it in our calendar and like put it on Brandon's calendar too. And like the easiest way for me to do that was like, I would just do workouts. So I would have like physical therapy and then I would have like, you know, maybe two or three workouts on a good, on a good week. But like those workouts were like my only time away. So I, I, you know, picked out my classes for the week and I put it on our little family calendar so that Brandon knew like he was going to be covering during that time. And I know, I know, I know I'm very, very lucky that I have a partner who works from home who can like do that for an hour. Like he can like maneuver his schedule where he could at least do that for a while. And I know I'm very lucky. Not everybody has that ability, but I mean, if you can start to like work in some kind of help, whether it's a family member or even just paying for babysitting um, a couple times a week so that you can get away and have some me time. Like it's worth it to look into, but that's like really the only way I got um, alone time was to schedule it and, you know, have somebody else watch him during that time and to do it without the guilt. That's like a whole other piece you know, when I was only going away for an hour, I, it, I would feel guilty, like leaving the house. Like I always would like me getting into the car and like leaving him was always like the hard part. And I would feel bad. But after I got to the workout class and I like did my thing and I felt so much better and would drive home, like that guilt was kind of gone. So, you know, I think it's kind of like, you kind of got to rip the bandaid a little bit and maybe feel a little bit of that guilt and just, it doesn't last. So you, you really got to prioritize that time. And, and even if you do feel a little guilty, it's okay. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. It's okay. Um, how to be a good friend to a new mom. So there's a few things. I mean, one, I'd say like the biggest thing is just like keep inviting them out. 
keep inviting them to things. Like I have friends like, and I've, I've told this to my friends, like there's so many times they invite me to things and I say no 99% of the time. (laughs) Like uh, literally like I get invited to things and I'm like, I can't most, most of the time, but also in that same breath, I'm like, I can't do it. But like, thank you so much for inviting me and like making me feel included. Like, and I, I've a few friends who I felt bad for, cause they'll invite me to things. And like literally like seven times in a row, I'll turn them down. I'll like say, I'll be like, I'm so sorry. I keep turning you down, but like, please don't stop inviting me because it actually like makes me feel included. Even if I can't go, like I, I feel included and, and I appreciate that. So I would say like, that's one of the main things, just like invite them places, even if you know they can't come also just like offer to come over, like offer. It's really hard, especially in those like early days of having a new baby to leave the house, getting them packed up and going somewhere is like really daunting and you never know how they're going to react. So if you can come and hang out with them on their turf, like that's really helpful. And if you want to bring coffee or you want to bring like food or a snack, like that's really nice, (laughs) you know, because a lot of times, especially like in those early days, again, I would like, you know, I'm just like, I would, I'd be just scrounging for food throughout the day. Like I'd get like one scoop of peanut butter in my mouth before like, you know, trying to do the next thing with my baby. So if you can like bring snacks, bring food, like that's really, really nice. But going to their turf, I'd say is huge. Checking in with them, inviting them out, staying in contact and and just know that your new mom friend is like not going to be a great friend in return. And like, don't hold that against them because that's like, another thing like that's like the last thing you need as an as a new mom is to like also feel guilty for being a shit friend like let them know it's okay uh this is another similar friendship question how to navigate friendships with your single friends with no kids so I have you know I definitely have these I definitely have like especially in Nashville I don't I, I have like a couple mom friends but for the majority like most of my friends that I had before having a baby are all single and don't have kids and how to navigate friendships with them is just like setting time with them my single friends without kids have been like so understanding with me which I really appreciate like I said they still invite me out which I love even though I can't go 90% of the time 99% of the time um but like if you can just meet them for dinner like once a month I mean I don't I don't do it once a month I really should like that's actually I'm gonna actually put that on my like 2024 goals is to like try and meet up with friends like at least once a month for an outing um of some sort with them and like that's that's good enough right (laughs) um just check in with them even if it's like a text like if they you know they have a very different life my life is so like just baby focused and like one of my other girlfriends like just ran a marathon or is like accomplishing other uh, other friends that are accomplishing other things one just started a new job like making sure to still send those texts like stay in touch shoot them dms like whatever it is just like keep that contact up um and celebrate their wins too um i think is a good way to navigate those friendships Again, I'm not great at this, but like those are the tips that I have. It's something I'm trying to get better at too, to be honest. Next question. Did your shoe size change in pregnancy? No, it did not. Thank God. My jean size did. (laughs) My jean size went up a full notch, but that's okay. Jeans are easier to replace than shoes, I feel like. Um, When does... Okay, next question. When does the postpartum rage and irritability towards your partner and if ever okay 
great question. Um, I can't remember like at what month it subsided, but I we have talked about this on the podcast before. We've ta- I think there's a whole episode on rage, and we just did a whole episode with like a couples therapist talking about this. I can't remember when exactly it subsided, but it did. Like I'd say like those first maybe like seven, eight months. I'd get like really fucking annoyed at Brandon, like over nothing, not even over nothing, over plenty of, you know, things that are reasonable to be annoyed at. But I didn't have that, like that rage element kind of subsided definitely within the, after the first year I'd say helped. But like one of the things that helped was like curing some of the reasons for that rage. So like a big part of my rage was like feeling like like our roles were so imbalanced and that I was responsible for so much more of the childcare and like doing everything. A lot of that like motherhood load, the the unseen motherhood load that we've talked about before. Um, and balancing that out a little bit is like, I think what helped me get through that hump. We're at a place now where like we're, we're our roles are much more balanced and like so like I don't feel as much like rage or like anger towards him in our relationship if that makes sense so it I'd say if you can balance out those playing fields a little bit that's gonna be a big help has having this is a kind of another marriage question has having a baby changed your marriage of course <laughs> one thousand percent I don't think you could talk to anybody who's had a baby who would say anything different it totally changes like all aspects of your relationship and not and like that's that might sound scary but it's also like it, it, it changes it in a good way too like Brandon and I have become like such better partners we communicate like much more clearly than we ever did and we're a lot closer like we're just like we're family now you know like it just it takes your relationship to such a, like a deeper deeper level and like that's like the father of my baby like a like we just have like a whole new respect and like view of each other and um you know i think care so much deeply about each other and it it there's good and there's bad but like i'd say 1000% it has changed our marriage but i would say like overall for the better um oh my god i'm looking at the time we still have so many questions you guys i'm going to start going through these quicker uh when did Bodhi start sleeping through the night I'm still struggling 8.5 months over here so uh, one I'm sorry because that sucks <laughs> um the the once they start sleeping through the night like the rest of your life begins I'd say like things just get so much easier when you're getting consistent sleep he kind of started getting more consistent I would say around that three month mark not to like brag or like rub it in. I know that hurts, but like what we did is I was very, I stuck with a program. Like I did the moms on call program. They were like one of the first guests that I had um, on this podcast. Like after my baby was here, it was like one of the first guests that I booked because they helped me a ton. They helped our family a ton. I just like literally followed them to a T uh, and our baby was sleeping by three months. And like they say, like pretty much like 95% of the babies that they work with, like they can get them sleeping pretty fast. Every baby's different. Like not everyone is going to be able to do that. But I'd say following them like really got us on the right track to get them sleeping earlier. And like that was advice that I got from like three of my mom friends that were like 
just do moms on call. <laughs> like it's like the one thing we're going to tell you what to do, how to do it. So that's how when we, and the, and I will say too, like, even though he's kind of started getting consistent, like through the night sleep around three months, that doesn't mean that he always slept consistently through the night. Like there's regressions. Um, there's times when he's been sick. Um, and you know, we, you know, you deal with it when you have to, but for the most part around that three month mark was, was ha- what happened with us, which was great. But mom's on call. And if you haven't listened to that episode, circle back and check it out because they answer a lot of questions in that one, which was great. Is there anything you would do differently in your little man's first year of life? The only thing I'd say is I wish I got more videos of like the two of us together. Like I wish I had more like video and footage captured of the two of us. I have a million photos of him on my phone. Like I wish I had more things captured of both of us. And then maybe the only other thing I would say is um, I had him sleeping in our room for like the first two months of his life. And I would I would do less of that. He was in a bassinet in our room and I would I would probably for our next baby, God willing, um, I'd probably like move them into their own room after two weeks, maybe like two or three weeks. But every we all just slept so much better, like him included, once he was in his own room and like there's less distraction. And I mean, I can't stress enough like how important it is. All of us getting sleep like we just operated better. <laughs> all of us. So that's probably the only other thing I would say that I would do differently is just move him, move him into his own space sooner for sleeping. How do you and your hubs divide and conquer now that he's a toddler? One of the biggest ways that we divide and conquer, and this isn't even just in toddlerhood, this is like from early days, like in the very beginning, and I would say it's really, really worked for us, is Brandon takes the morning shift and I take the night shift. So he gets up with Bodie every morning. He gets, you know, him fed, changed, and I get to sleep in and like that to me is the most valuable thing he's ever done for me is like letting me get some sleep in the morning. And then I do the nighttime shift. So like I do bath time, I, you know, change him. I do story time at night. I get him down for sleep. So we both like have divided those two roles and we both own those roles. And I'd say that that's been huge for us. It's like really, really helpful. Why is the United States so against paid family leave? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> it's not okay, to be honest. Like, I'm somebody, like, I work for myself. I didn't get any paid family leave. I don't, I didn't get a maternity leave. I just had to eat that. It sucks. This is something, like, I hope all of us are moms. All of us are realizing is, like, something really important. And we all, like, vote accordingly. It's the only thing I can say about that. Make sure, like, your people that you're voting for, like, want paid family leave it's really really important and it's sad I don't think we're gonna get it in our I don't think I'm gonna get it in my uh lifetime or at least while I have kids but I'm hoping like the next generation does like I will I will stand firm on that like I think it's something we really need in this country and it's crazy that we don't have when so many other countries do okay (laughs) I left a space here for this next question because I got a lot of these. Um, most of the most of the questions that came in were along the, these lines. Are you ready for baby number two? When is it time for baby number two? So I love this because a lot of my OG bottle service girlies are like around this period of time where it's like time to start thinking about number two. I'm right there with you. Um, you know, I think like there's some 
I don't even know where the two year separation came from, but like that's kind of been like the recommendation for a long time is like kids should be two years apart is like what they say is ideal. Obviously it's not necessary, but like that's kind of been the suggested time frame is like a two year separation between kids. So a lot of my OG girlies that were listening to bottle service probably are already pregnant with number two. Um, I'm a little bit, I've held off a little bit. Um, because of how rough my pregnancy was um and obviously like my like birth also like offset that a little bit like when it came time I remember like reverse engineering of like okay when do we need to start you know trying like how old would Bodhi be when we need to start trying for number two to hit that two-year uh age gap and I was like oh I am nowhere ready (laughs) like not happening no shot so for us I'd say like the question is when is it time for baby number two I'd say there's like a couple factors to think about like obviously the age gap between kids is important but also like you know are you physically mentally emotionally ready like if you're really really struggling or like motherhood has just like not been super enjoyable and you're like underwater maybe it's not time to add another baby on just yet like maybe you want to get your head above water a little bit more and that's totally fine I think there's just like a couple a couple factors that you really want to think about so for me like the biggest factor has obviously been um not feeling (laughs) emotionally mentally physically ready to carry a baby again and what sucks and I did get a lot of questions about this too a a few of you who are like I also had a really rough pregnancy. Like, how are you hyping yourself up to do this again? I've had to, I've been doing a lot. I've been doing a lot of shit. I could, I could honestly like actually looking at the time I might have to do an entirely separate podcast on this, but, um, I, I will tell you, I have really, really struggled with the idea of getting pregnant again, more so than I thought I would, which sucks because at least like, I feel like, what I see on TikTok or what I've seen in like the mainstream, like in movies and TVs is like women get baby fever. Like they get like you, you almost like get so excited to have another little baby and like that kind of takes over everything and it's exciting and it's happy. And like, for me, I have not, I I would not say that I've had baby fever. Like I want, I desperately want another baby. Like I've always seen myself with multiple kids whenever I like talk about our family or the future of our family. I'm always like our kids, our kids will do this. Like I I definitely want another one. Um, Just the idea of going through it all again is, is tough. Like I was trying to explain to my husband, like it's almost like, Like imagine like climbing Mount Everest, like doing the hardest thing you've ever done in your entire life. And like half the people, like half of your camp got wiped out in an avalanche. Like you, you get back down to the ground and you're so lucky and you feel so happy to be like back on the ground. And then it's like, okay, you ready to go back up? (laughs) You know, like, fuck no. Like I want to, if I had it my way, I'd probably wait like another five years. Um, But this is another factor that, you know, comes into play is like, age is a real thing like at least in my case it's tough it's really hard so I know like I need to get there um my husband and I kind of agreed like this is around the time of year that we would start trying so like I put that expectation like months ago maybe like six seven months ago my husband and I were like okay at the end of the year we're gonna start trying for baby number two and then like as of like two months ago I started like getting a lot of 
feedback from my body let's put it that way like kind of like panic attacks like coming on and you know having some flashbacks of like some not so great things from birth and like a lot of just like my body being like no we can't do this again which isn't I, I it sucks because like it's not what I was expecting I was really hoping that I would be one of those people who got baby fever and like was like excited to do this again and like I have also seen that people like for you know you're supposed to forget about like all the hard stuff and just like kind of go into it again and I haven't forgotten <laughs> and it's like it's it's fucking with me I'm not gonna lie so some things that I've done to kind of help with that just high level because again this might need to be its own podcast but like I have like done like I've reached out to like spirit I've tried like spiritual paths like spiritual healers that I've worked with I've gotten into therapy like I think that's like a big thing and not just like one-on-one therapy like I've put Brandon and myself into therapy because a big piece especially after having like some birth trauma um it was hard it's hard for me to like I didn't even understand what was happening with me so like trying to articulate to Brandon what was going on with me was really hard like my communication like lacked in that area so I kind of instinctually was like I think we both need to start like uh, work with a therapist so that like I, you can support me the best way possible through this process if we're going to go through this again like I'm going to need a shit ton of support and I don't know what that means or what that looks like so like having a third party as in the therapist I think is helpful for that and then like one other thing I will say because like this was the first month that we were going to start trying and like therapy and all of these things like I it all just felt really heavy like all of it and so I was also like to hype myself up for baby number two I'm like I also need to like have some fun with this <laughs> you know like even if I need to just trick myself like me and my uh, husband like we went um on a trip like the two of us alone it was just a really quick trip it was like we left on a Friday came home on a Sunday but, um, you know, we got to check into a nice hotel. Um, I went and bought some, like, cute, fun lingerie. Like, this should be, like, I, I've done things to try and make it a more fun experience. And I think that that's really helpful, too, to hype yourself up. I would say, like, going and buying some, like, hot, cute lingerie helps a lot. So that you at least just get, like, a little bit more excited, at least for the process of trying. <laughs> you know, like, that's one thing you can do. But anyway, um, yeah, that's a long answer to say that we are we are looking for baby. We do want no, baby number two, and it's not easy for everybody to get there. Um, so acknowledging that. Whew, okay. Somebody asked some tips for getting pregnant. Well, okay. So now that I am, like, we're trying, like, as of the time of this recording, two things that I'd say really help us, and again, I'm not a doctor, is, like, natural cycles is, like, what I use to just track my ovulation. So I think tracking your ovulation is key if you're if you're trying to get pregnant and um one thing that I have that's different than this the last go around is I also have an aura ring I love my aura ring for a lot of reasons like it helps me track my sleep you know my activity level throughout the day I, I just love it and then what's cool now is that you can like link your aura ring to your natural cycles so like I don't have to take my temperature every day my aura ring takes it and immediately filters through through the app and then I'm able to track my 
ovulation um, through my app on my phone. So it just it just makes it really easy and seamless. And it's just it's really helpful to know like what time in your cycle to like have sex to get pregnant. You know, like it just it makes it easier. One other tip, and I don't know if this is true or not, but this is just like tips my friends have given me. So this is what we do is like in your ovulation window, we have sex every other day instead of like trying to do it every day. Um, apparently, I don't know. There's, I don't know. I'm not going to even just guess, but we do it every other day in that ovulation window. And that's what we did the first time around. And that shit worked. Um, oh my gosh. One thing I will say that's kind of crazy is tracking. So what's cool is like, I only tracked my ovulation last year when I was trying to have a baby. So it was like literally a month and, and that was kind of it. But now that my aura ring has been tracking my cycle for months, I can kind of like go back on that data and see what's going on. So want to hear something that's actually insane is that over the last two months, I've noticed that like my cycle has gotten shorter. So I was at first, I, I noticed this because I was just starting to look for this month to start trying. And I'm like, why is it saying that my my cycle is only 23 days. Like it used to be 28 days. It's that's like a pretty big shift. And it's been like that for two months. And I started looking into it because like through the app, they have all these like resources, whatever. And it just happens when you get older is like your cycle shortens. So I was like, whoa, that's pretty crazy. Um, And I wouldn't have known that without this data, without having, you know, natural cycles or an aura ring or like keeping track of my ovulation I wouldn't have known that that my cycle is shorter than it was even four months ago which is crazy and also kind of scary I'm like holy shit I'm like actually getting older like I didn't think that would happen to me (laughs) you know so like fuck um I don't know what that's gonna mean in terms of like my ability to get pregnant I don't know I don't know I'm like kind of this is like the first month we started trying I'm like very interested to see a couple factors like well we we shall see we shall see but um yeah that's what I'm at least doing to try to conceive is keeping track of my ovulation let's see okay we're like getting really low on time so I'm not going to get to all of these questions but let's just hit some of the last ones fun date ideas that are not dinner and a movie um I'll just say like comedy shows I love going to comedy shows I think it's so fun it's such like a fun outing and like who doesn't love to laugh we also like in case it makes anybody else feel better Brandon and I like never go out on date nights like it just doesn't happen if we're gonna go out and get a babysitter it's usually because like we have like a fun group outing or like somebody's birthday or like a party of some sort like it's like I couldn't tell you the last time Brandon and I went out to dinner the two of us like we probably should but we don't so if that makes anybody else feel better like there you go next question lessons learned um I mean there's been a ton but I'd say like the biggest one is just that like like to go easy on myself because I'm doing a great job like that's something I tell myself all the time like I'm and I hope you feel this way too that you are just like the most perfect mom for your baby you are like Nobody else could do this better than you could. You are exactly who they need and you're doing great. Like even times when you're not like it's okay and you're doing your best. And I'd say like, that's like the biggest thing is I've had, I've, I've learned to have like so much more grace for myself and also just so, so much more patience in parenting. Like I, I, and it's just, it's one of those things that just, I think comes with doing this day in and day out. Like when he has tantrums now, I can like 
I can handle it better than I could even like a few months ago, you know, like it's just, we we're learning and getting so much better at this every single day. So I'd say that's one of the, the best lessons learned and we're short on time. So I'm just going to move on to our last question. I feel like there's maybe like 15 other lessons that I could talk about, but that's a big one. Last question. Will there be a season three when baby number two comes out? Great question. This is something I have been like thinking about and ruminating on and toying with. I want there to be. I'm just like, I, I don't know what this would look like. Like this is the idea that I'm kind of thinking of and you guys can give me some feedback. But like I know when I get pregnant again, like one of the first things I'm going to do is I'm going to listen. Like I'm going to listen back to bottle service because like I really did put a lot of time and research into that show and like I forgot everything you know like each week you know like I like off the bat I I don't know what happens to my baby at week 16 or week three or you know whatever it is like I don't remember any of this stuff so I'm gonna be listening back to the show to like relearn all of this stuff and so kind of what I was thinking is I'm like I don't want to redo the show with a second pregnancy because the first show has such good information in it and it was like really hard to do and I don't really want to do that to myself while I'm pregnant again. So what I'm almost considering is like re-airing the show and then at the end of each week like having like a 10 to 15 minute add-on of like me like what my thoughts are re-listening to the show and like comparing it to the second pregnancy if anything's different if anything is the same. Um, and then like, like if I have any wisdom in that moment, like from listening to that first pregnancy over again, you know, like what I could tell myself then afterwards, but I don't really want to redo the show. I'm just thinking maybe I just add on to it, like a re-listen through bottle service. Do, do, would you listen to that? I don't know. Um, let me know. Cause a lot of what's cool and what I like really appreciate is a lot of the OG bottle service girlies who I mentioned are like getting pregnant again, have messaged me that are like, I'm re-listening to your show. Like I'm, I've already listened to it, but I'm going back and re-listening. So I love, I love that one. It like makes my heart feel great. Like I, I love that you guys appreciate the show and I really appreciate it too. And I, I, I really want to re-listen also and so that's what I that's kind of what I was thinking I might do and I don't uh, this pregnancy I'm I'm hoping will be different but it is going to be different because I'm going to be a geriatric pregnancy in the second go around so like there could be an element of that of like you know showing what's different between pregnancies I don't know I would love to hear your thoughts actually so if you guys think that that would be interesting to listen to or if you're like no or if you have better ideas for me let me know because um hopefully hopefully god willing I'll be pregnant semi soon and we'll start recording secretively who knows could be right now um I'm not but you know what I mean like (laughs) I just want to keep the mystery alive anyway guys thank you so much for listening to the show um I appreciate you I hope you guys had a great 2023 and I can't wait to see you back in 2024 and hopefully we'll have some exciting news in 2024 I will will keep you posted you this audience will be the first to know I can promise you that so um I hope you've enjoyed this this show and I really just want to thank you and beg you slash beg you that if you have been enjoying the show and um 
haven't left a review yet, now's the time. Just do it before you forget. You could just hit those five little stars on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to this, and like maybe leave a one or two sentence one or two sentences it just like it takes five seconds and it really really helps and tell your friends that's the other thing like if if you know anybody who is pregnant or just had a baby or is going through it throw this show at them um, I know a lot of you listening have gotten the show that way which is really cool so yeah keep it going that's like the best thing you can do um, for me <laughs> so thank you just pass it along and um, I'll see you back here guys in 2024 Thank you for bumping along with me. Bye.